I'm Sharon. Welcome to Queen of the Hills podcast. Welcome back to the Queen of the Hills podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Sade. If you have not already, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast. Or if you prefer some YouTube action, go ahead and hit up my YouTube at Sharon Sade. And anything we discuss on either platform, whether it's Queen of the Hills podcast or my YouTube channel, Sharon Sade, you can always continue the conversation down in the comments over on Twitter at Sharon Sade or follow me on Instagram. And you guessed it, at Sherry and Sade. <laughs> Look at that brand synchronicity, baby. So um, because I film or record this on Anchor, you can also leave me messages. And that's great because I'd love to hear your feedback, especially on some of the topics we're going to discuss. Now, I know I was gone for a little while, but we have regrouped and we're back better than ever, baby. So <laughs> let's get into it. Today, I was really disappointed when I got on Twitter because... On April 13th, 2022, at 11.48 a.m., one Miss Tashina Arnold decided (laughs) to tweet out the following. Honest question, what can we as black women in America do to stop aiding in the emasculation of black men in America? I know, drink it up, because that was piping hot bullshit. Tashina Arnold woke up and decided to be a true McAsshole today. And that really does suck because I love Tashina Arnold. And honestly, she's one of those celebrities that up until today could really do no wrong. Like, I'm not one of those people that just feels like, oh, well, you have to be perfect to be one of my faves. Mm-mm. I'm going to defend you regardless. I'm going to peep game and, and try to see you as a whole person and not just, you know, an example of your mistakes. You are not made up of all your worst moments and you're not made up of all your best moments. You are made up as a whole figure. And so because of that, I have decided to stand to Sheena Arnold long ago. And that's not going to stop. But that's also not going to um, stop me from holding her accountable. Now, she is getting a lot of backlash and honestly, deservedly so. I'm going to be honest, deservedly so. However, in the backlash are some incredible points that I saw and I pulled because I think it's important to have nuanced conversations to dispel a lot of this nonsense. A lot of the reason these questions pop up is because people have not been able to see the truth amongst the lies. Now, I'm going to start somewhere in the tweet. She said, what can we as black women in America do to stop aiding in the emasculation of black men? That would imply that we are already participating in emasculating black men. And the fact that we that the assumption in this tweet is that we are already emasculating or helping to emasculate black men is offensive. Black women have enough on our plate. As Tashina Arnold should know, we live at a very precarious intersection. We are women. And so we deal with issues as far as patriarchy and misogyny and all of these awful, awful, awful ideals that affect us every single day, especially if you're a woman who leaves the house and you work. Good God, you are, if you have a family and if you are in the church, oh my gosh, patriarchy doesn't end for you. So my condolences. But then we're also black women, not women of color, black women, where we can understand the experience of women of color being minorities, but then we understand the experience uniquely as a black woman, which is the minority amongst the minorities. It Being black is one of those experiences where racism does not stop just because people are unified. For example, 
the situation with Russia and Ukraine. Everyone is supporting Ukraine. And as a person who feels like I like to be on the right side of right, I was also saying, you know, what's happening in Ukraine is awful. Russia is awful. And then I saw some videos and then I saw some true firsthand accounts and some experiences started getting shared with me of black people in Ukraine. So on top of being invaded and being in you know, a war torn area and having to try and flee and get to safety, the black people in Ukraine are being prohibited from safe spaces, the few that, th that are left. When they are trying to board trains to get to safety and flee, they're being kicked off not just by the masses, but by the actual police there, by the actual military there, separating them from the herd and saying, okay, these people come off the train, the rest of you can go, all because they're black. So that's just an example of what I mean when I say racism doesn't take a fucking break. We can sit here and we advocate for everyone as black women, particularly. We advocate for our black men when we're gunned down in the streets while also being gunned down in the streets. But I haven't seen men initiate a march on our behalf, you know, there are some, I'm not saying that's a, that's 100%, but I'm saying the majority of the movement was led by black women. Save our sons, save our husbands, save our brothers, save our cousins, save us. However, we don't really get included in that. As a matter of fact, years ago in McKinney, there was a young girl at the swimming pool and a white woman demanded that she leave. It was a public pool and the white woman demanded that she leave. And the black girl was like, no, I live in this neighborhood. And the police came, not only tried to forcibly remove the black children, but he body slammed a 15 year old black girl and then pulled her head back by her braids, a white cop. And it would be great to live under the belief that everyone saw that shit and was outraged, but that's not the case. I saw so much debate. Now, critical thinking people did not debate that. They were immediately outraged. But there were some who always has to play devil's advocate. And if you've listened to my podcast or my YouTube, you know my stance. The devil doesn't need any help, honey. He's the devil. He can take care of it. He don't need your help. That's a choice. That's a choice. And so there were so many people, including, you know, obviously, you know, other races, but black men in particular saying, well, during arrest, things get rough. I've had a gun put to the back of my head, completely negating that. First of all, this is a child. And I highly doubt if that had been little Emily at 15 years old and a cop had pulled her hair, there would have been no less than a bunch of people marching in the streets outraged. You don't put your hands on little Emily's hair. So why did you put your hands on her hair? Because she had braids on this black girl's hair. And why was that a conversation after the fact? That shouldn't have been a conversation. Everyone should have been feeling collective outrage because we deserve to be protected too. But there seems to be this belief that black women don't deserve protection. Black women don't deserve to be soft and to be safe and to feel secure. We have to be considered the work mules of our race and of, of society, honestly. We've never been allowed to sit perched on high and relax. And when we do, we're called lazy. We're called bitches and hoes in our own music by our own men. We are the only race from what I can see that's bragged to about how our men prefer others because they foreign and because they light and this and that. We have to sit and deal with consistent disrespect. We have to deal with medical disparities when we go in to birth our black babies, or you know, you got a half baby, whatever, 
uh, our half black or full black babies. We have to worry about doctors even listening to us to begin with. If I tell you, I too have been told by doctors that my pain was a lot less than what I was imagining. Turned out I had a whole ass cyst, <laughs> but they were saying it was a very difficult, what did they say? A, a gas, a lot of gas. And I had a cyst that needed to be removed. And I had to go back to the emergency room two times because they did not believe me. I just find that to be so ridiculous. There are just so many different examples that I could come about. But black women, I wanna come back to that. We live at the intersection of being a woman and dealing with life as a woman in a male-dominated society where society was never really intending to give us equal say. And we're just now on the cusp of getting over that hump or we're in the midst of getting somewhere near getting over that hump. Uh, we still have the pay wage gap. <laughs> we just We talk about it, but nothing ever gets done. Isn't that crazy? But then we're also black, not women of color, but black. And so amongst the women of color, when we deal with racism, we deal with racism from the other people of color as well as black people. And so there is nothing I would ever take back about being a black woman. The only thing I would change is people's issues with black women, even from our own men, Donald Glover. That's story for another day. So all I'm saying is as black women, we don't, participate in the emasculation of black men we just do us and when called to action we always step up to the plate now what we can do differently is focus on us is put ourselves first stop being so loyal to our own men who have been happy to brag about how much they disrespect us how much they lack care for us so all I'm saying is black women, we have been doing a lot of labor for an extremely long time and we haven't had a chance to stop and think of ourselves. But not only that, the implication that we emasculate our black men is absolutely asinine and ridiculous. I would have loved for Tashina Arnold to, to before asking us to stop emasculating black men, I would have loved for her to list ways that we do. And before she did that, I would have loved for her to list ways that black men can be emasculated because the black men in my life can be. <laughs> their, their masculinity, their manhood, what have you, which the two are not mutually exclusive, um, the, the two are not up for sale or up for grabs. No one can make them feel inferior. No one can make them feel less of a man. The men in my life, those in my life who identify as men, have made a choice to identify as men and feel secure in that choice and nothing that I or society says or does to them can change that. It may make them feel bad for a day or two. It may make them feel uncomfortable. It, so another issue, let me finish my statement. It may make them feel like crap here or there, but at no point does it take away their manhood. Not only that, but we need to properly identify words. We need to properly identify feelings and emotions and, and adjectives and properly name the things that we're attempting to talk about. She's saying we're emasculating black men, but does she not realize that men can't be emasculated? That your masculinity is not up for grabs? That's not something that can happen. I think what she's trying to refer to is self-esteem. I think that's more so where she's attempting to to lean into and she's using this extremely divisive and hotep language to describe something that is understandable 
people feel, you know, insecure here and there. Black men in particular probably feel extremely insecure. I can't speak, speak on behalf of black men, but from what I've observed, you know, people gun you down in the streets and they don't even do time for it. I wouldn't feel very secure in this country either. I wouldn't feel very safe in this country either. My self-esteem may or may not be high at all times. If everywhere I go, I'm seen as a threat or monster. No one can see past my skin color. They just choose to lean into whatever, you know, whatever stereotype is associated with me, whatever their ignorance will allow. But again, as a black woman, I understand that all too well. And so when it comes to supporting one another, which is what I think Tashina Arnold was attempting to say is black men, how can we as black women band together with our strong black brothers and, and, and you know, support one another in this ever-changing society when we all are feeling the brunt of society's boot? How can we support one another and how can black women in particular better help and support you? And that may have boiled over a little bit better, but to be honest, even that fucking sucks because it insinuates that that's not something that not only we are already doing, but we have been doing for centuries. Black women have been coddling black men for centuries. I would love, love, love to hear a discourse for once about how black men could further support black women. I would love to hear how black men are standing up for the black women in their lives. Whereas, and I went into this already, I'm not gonna beat a dead horse, but why is it that black men, not all, obviously, but a lot of black men can get in our media and our content and our music and our movies and, and what have you and brag about how little they care for their own black counterparts. Yet, we're the ones trying to emasculate, and I'm putting quotes around that, black men? Not only have black men have been bragging to us since freaking the 80s and the 90s about how they love a light-skinned, yellow-boned foreign. They reject all the features that come naturally to us and to their black-ass mamas. They love rejecting those features under the guise of into preference. I just, I'm not going to lie, outside of a few bad apples, as a whole, I just don't see other races happily handing over their women on a platter to just disparage and disrespect. And in some cases, throwing tomatoes right along with them. But, you know, I think that's a conversation for another day when people stop seeing equality as, you know, I just want what the white man can do. I want to be able to do that, too. When people stop seeing equality as that, then we'll talk. But I think for the most part, that's what's really shading people. They reject, you know, they want to have the ability to reject the same things the white man can reject and then we'll be equal. But that's just not equality. That's not equality. But some people feel that way and they treat the women in their lives accordingly, which is why I think a lot of that is excused. Oh, well, you know, everybody should have a preference. Right. But when it's happening in mass that the preference among the men is to disparage their own counterparts, shouldn't we stop and take a look and say, what the fuck are we teaching our sons? Or is it that you left their home or you had multiple and multiple homes and you didn't teach your sons anything? And maybe that's the issue. And instead of saying, you know, my father should have stuck around to teach me how to be a real man and teaching myself how to become a real man has been hard as hell. You decide to say, my, my daddy left, but that's on my black ass mama to teach me that. Mm -mm. Your black ass mama did the best she could with what she had. But I can guarantee you if black women were walking out in their households in mass, whether that's due to incarceration, you know, we understand the reasons. They're not always dogs. People, you know, black men are massively incarcerated at, at high, extremely high rates, higher than anyone else. 
unfairly, unjustly. So it's not like we don't understand where the absence is coming from in a lot of cases, not all. Some of y'all are just trash. But in a lot of cases, yeah, our men are getting murdered in the street, hung up in trees, put in jail. There's a lot going on in the black community. A lot of that, I'll, I'll scratch that, none of that is at the black woman's helm though. That's not stuff we can control. We can only better support one another as we all endure. Yet the discourse is always about how, come, how can black women better support their counterparts. But I don't see black women leaving their black husbands in mass with their black children and starting new lives. I don't see that. I don't see black moms. Now there are some, but what I mean is in, in mass. People always talk about how black men and women have daddy issues, but no one's ever stopping to say, why the hell are the daddies not being held accountable for this shit? Y'all will sit and tell a girl who's going through a lot, 100% all the time, oh, she got daddy issues, she missed her daddy, she looking for a daddy and all these men. Okay, first of all, why are you taking advantage of someone like that? If that's what you recognize, why would you take advantage of someone like that? And then two, you're holding her responsible for her trauma instead of saying, her dad is fucked up. <laughs> but what you do is say, yeah, she got daddy issues. Her dad wasn't around. So I'm going to exploit the hell out of her trauma and get what I want out of this woman and then blame her and call her names. So all I'm saying, <laughs> there's a lot that could be derived from this tweet. And Tashina Arnold hit every, every nail on the head except the right one. <laughs> she checked off all the wrong boxes today. So before we get into it or before we get out of here, I want to read a few tweets that really covered the most ground, in my opinion. I'm going to read the tweeter so that you can follow these people if you want. Um, <laughs> the first one is from Weave Harvey, <laughs> semicolon, Weave, W-E-A-V-E, -E, Harvey, semicolon, at Miss B Haven at M-I-S-B-E-E-H-V-N underscore. And she says, or this person says, what hotep man, misbehaving says, what hotep man you praying will date you openly got you posting this. <laughs> uh, the next one is from Glizzy Gladiator at Alicia Tweets at A-L-E-S-H-I-A -E Tweets. And she responds, this is not a thing. I'm gonna stay respectful because this is a black woman I enjoy, but this respectable politics Facebook meme bullshit is brainwashing our aunties and it's not okay. And Glizzy, I could not agree more. The next one comes from Dr. Suzanne Beerling, Suzanne Beerling, um, at Suzanne Beerling, and she says, black women can do no more. In fact, women need to scale way back and center self and freedom. Interestingly, this question is of itself emasculating. She should pose a question to men. Gentlemen, what can you do for yourself? What can you do for your brothers? Um, and the next one is from Delightful D, News and Views. <laughs> I love these names. And she says, I'm starting to believe black women have, a, have Stockholm Syndrome. The black man has made you the most disrespected woman in America and given every single race free reign to call you bitches and hoes and thoughts. You then turn around and ask what we can do for them to make them feel like real men. The next one is from Doreen Caven, and she says, emasculation is not real. We all struggle with low self-esteem and insecurities. By teaching black men to depend on others to feel like a man, you make them only more entitled to dependent, 
entitled to and dependent on the labor of others and thus so much more incapable of building their own confidence. That was beautifully written, my goodness. So in addition to these lovely tweets, there was one response that stuck out from the rest and it was from one Ebro from Ebro in the morning. Now people were talking about Ebro being biracial. I don't know, I thought Ebro was Middle Eastern. I don't think I've ever known what he was. I just never thought he was black. Um, but Ebro, at old man Ebro, <laughs> decided to tune in and said, love this. Black men do not have safe spaces and support to talk about fear, trauma, and many of us have not been taught on how to ask for help. Uh-oh, I scrolled down, hold on. Okay, here we go. Um, ask for help. I feel if we can start working on hearing black men and teaching young black men, it is okay to communicate insecurities, etc. And then that's where it cut off. Now, speaking to that specifically, that black men don't have safe spaces to, to work through emotions. First of all, we need to get to the place where we're identifying why black men in particular, but I think also just men in general, aren't taught to honor their own emotions and to express their emotions in a healthy way. And that starts at home. That starts with both the mom and the dad and everyone in that child's village. That's not just a man problem. I mean, I can't tell you how often, even as an adult, my feelings are invalidated. Just not too long ago, like a, a month ago, um, I was talking to my aunt who was talking about some things from my childhood and I was telling her how tough that was. And because she wasn't interested in hearing my feelings about it, she just cut me off and was like, well, I'm sure it was for the best. It made you a better person today. Completely cut me off and validated my actual feelings and showed me immediately that she did not care about my perspective or the lasting trauma. And I will say this, the trauma I experienced in my childhood did not make me stronger. It actually gave me debilitating anxiety that I've learned to work through today. And I would love to not have that handicap. But that's something that I've experienced and that is a lasting effect that it had on me and that is something that I've chosen not to, to succumb to. But in no way, shape or form does it feel good or feel you know, like my family cares about me when they invalidate my feelings when, you know, or anyone. And so even as an adult, I have that experience. As a child, when I tried to reach out about some of the mental and emotional abuse that I was experiencing, I was completely mowed over. Uh, or the, those who did acknowledge it would blame the person who was responsible and then not remove me from that environment or not help my environment to become better. They wouldn't discuss it with that person. They wouldn't do anything to intervene. They wouldn't do anything to counsel or mediate. They would simply validate my feelings and then leave me in the experience. Essentially doubling down on the trauma. <laughs> they would say, yeah, I know that's how she was when I was there. Well, too bad, so sad, nothing would change. Not, okay, well, I'm gonna get her on the phone or hey, we got an advocate or hey, let's get you to a counselor or hey, even an attorney, you know, maybe I need more visitation. Like no one in my life actually stepped in to change it. They just, if they did acknowledge my feelings were real or valid, they would just simply say, okay, yeah, I had that experience too. Good luck. So yeah, I didn't feel like I was in a safe space too, but I didn't grow up and say, hey, black men, y'all need to make a safe space for me. No, I said, you know what? I'm gonna make my own safe space and protect myself. And the people who come into my life as an adult have to pass my radar. They have to treat me a certain way or they can no longer be in my life because now I'm in control. Now I can control my experience. And so when I saw Ebro's tweet, my first thought was, okay, well, 
if black men, I'm not saying they don't, I'm just saying if black men need safe spaces to communicate properly and work through their traumas and experiences, who's stopping their spaces from being safe? And if black women aren't the people who are stopping you from having a safe space as a black man, then why is it a black woman's responsibility to create that for you? Do black men often say, hey, let's create, you know, some safe spaces for women to communicate? No, we go out and do that shit on our own. We, you know, go do our yoga and our therapy and our, and our you know, women's meetups and, and group, you know, sessions and whatever else. And friendship, we build our, you know, friendships and our, our safe friend circle. And we work on ourselves and then we work together. Like, as a woman, when I need affirmations from women, I don't look to black men to create a space for me to receive that. I just go to black women or other women in general. And so it's interesting that Ebro was like, we need safe spaces in response to Tisha Kent or to, excuse me, to Tishina Arnold's tweet saying, what can we as black women do? Because he then said, I didn't say it was one race or gender's responsibility to create a safe space. Okay, but you responded to a tweet saying, what can we as black women do to make you feel less emasculated? And your response was, we need safe spaces. So then and of itself, infers that you are looking for black women to create that space. And that's absolutely ridiculous. Black women don't have time to create those spaces because we're steady trying to stay safe from y'all's ass. Women have to stay safe from men across the board, not just in the black community, but in all communities. Men are unfucking safe There are a few good apples, but even amongst those good apples, they rarely stand up to the bad apples. They go along to get along because men are unsafe to each other as well as to everyone else. Men are the ones who are making men's spaces unsafe. So instead of posing that request to women, talk to the men around you. Create the safe space amongst the men. Because not black men, but men in general make spaces unsafe for women. Now there are a few bad apples in, in every group. There are a few bad women who make things unsafe. But what I'm discussing is men catcall. We have to walk around with our keys in our fist. We are encouraged not to go out after dark. We are encouraged to change the way we dress ourselves as well as our children to keep us safe from men. We are encouraged, you know, to have all these precautions. Ladies, get a gun. Ladies, get a get a webcam or webcam, get a um uh, uh, doorbell cam ladies you know go places in groups don't go alone ladies don't get gas at night ladies wear your keys in between your hands ladies get mace ladies get your marksman's license ladies get your concealed carry license ladies do this ladies do that are you ever stopping to wonder why the fuck are we telling ladies that they have to protect themselves to this extent until we turn around and say men leave them the fuck alone leave them the fuck alone and, um, and because in that, you would have to also leave women alone. So whatever you do that you feel like is not as bad as the worst man, because everyone wants to put themselves up against the worst case. Well, at least I'm not raping. Yeah, but you're also date raping. You're getting women drunk. Y- yeah, but you're also pressuring. You're also leaning into your misogyny and misogyny in the workplace to get advancement while, le- while fully acknowledging that the women in your workplace are being mistreated. You're not standing up for the women that you know, let alone the women that you don't know. But the men are the ones who are making it unsafe, yet the women are the black women are the ones who are responsible for creating a safe space. Hell, we're barely able to create a safe space for ourselves. 
I can give you a place to go. If you want a true focus group, get your ass on Twitter. And especially back in 2007, between 2007 and 2011, it was a fucking war zone. If you just typed in black women back then, it was an onslaught, just a free for all, anti-blackness, anti-black women in particular, misogynoir. We deal with it from every source. And so Ebro, if you are needing a safe space as a you spoke up for black men, so okay, we're gonna go with it for this. If you're needing a safe space as a black man, your first step is to stop and look around and determine what is making the spaces you already have unsafe. And then determine how you can fix that space, create a safety zone within that space, and then accomplish whatever goals you are looking to accomplish with that safe space. But Addressing that to black women as a whole was absolutely ridiculous, shallow, and misogynistic in and of itself. It also insinuated that black men can be emasculated, which is insulting as hell, because the black men in my life don't, they can't be emasculated. The black men in my life don't need any help being men. They don't need any help <laughs> being masculine. It's just, I don't know, it's just, it's insulting. And honestly, the question, the initial tweet from Tashina Arnold was infantilizing. Okay, black men, what can we do to help you again? Like, good God, everything about the black woman's experience is centered around black men from the time that we are children. Do this to get a man. Do that to get a man. In church, we can only go so high up in the black church as a whole. We only recently started getting female pastors and, and deaconesses, and, and we're, we're taught to be a certain way to get a good man. We're taught to be true. We are treated as the black man's accessory only if we're lucky because if not if we're not his accessory then we're we're doomed to being his kicking mule and amongst all that i happen to find a good black man and notice i say fine because it's not like a lot of critical thinking millennial black men are out there now i want want to know how i found some <laughs> underneath the tweet the critical thinkers, men and women alike, were getting in there and tearing Tashina and Ebro's asses up. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what, sometimes I can be a bit pessimistic, but I was so proud. I said, that's right. That is, see, you do exist. You do exist. Now, now that you're halfway there and you're able to critically think and you're able to dispel misogyny and, and patriarchy and really stand up for not only yourself but your fellow women because standing up for, the, for those of us that are most plagued by prejudices is standing up for all of us in a society. And so once you have decided to do that, go ahead and, go ahead and adjust to uh, checking the people in your life. Start there. Got some homophobes in your family? Don't condone it. Not around me. No thanks. Got some racists in your family? Not around me, no thanks. Got some misogynists in your family? Not around me, no thanks. You can call those little acts of violence out every single day. That's how we're gonna get this space safe. Let's all participate. We're gonna start with the men though, because we started with the women centuries ago. And we've managed to get us here, although the men were kicking and screaming against us the whole way. They couldn't wait to leave us to get to their foreigns. And it's not even about like preference. I say that as a joke, but it's not about preference. What bugs me is the way in order to state your preference, so many people feel like they have to put down black women in doing that. I went through a phase where I only dated Italian men. <laughs> in my early 20s, I went through phases, okay? And I was just on one with Italian men. 
that had nothing to do with black men. That had everything to do with me saying, you know what? I would like to experience dating an Italian man. It had nothing to do with me saying, I'm tired of these black men. Mm -mm. I married a black man, a beautiful black man. But it had nothing to do with me rejecting my own. It had everything to do with me wanting to, to date a certain type of person. Having a preference. Having a preference doesn't mean you have to put down everything that does not align with that preference. And that's where the hatred comes in. And that's where the problem comes in. So before we get out of here, I know I have talked y'all's ear off. Before we get out of here, I want to talk about one more thing. Uh, we're going to finish the rest of these tweets. Now, the next tweet is from Hoochie Doll. <laughs> At Hoochie Doll. And she says, she she had the best one. So her name is Miss Kelly Diva Deluxe at Hoochie Doll, H-O-O-C-H-I-E-D-O-L-L. And at Hoochie Doll started with this impressive work by saying, you worked alongside a man who voluntarily dressed up as a woman and would drag your character on the show. So you tell us, sis, all the aunties are idiots. You were a part of the show. That's the reason why all these niggas today literally do their own dollar store drag shenanay impression and drag actual women doing it. The blueprint, if you will, at Tashino Arnold. Now that one took me out because it was the most accurate. When I tell you Tashina Arnold literally came to fame on Martin. Now she had some other projects, but that's what she's most known for is Martin where Martin would literally roast her ass all the time. And he would dress up as women, his mother and Shanene. So <laughs> I'm not saying that that's emasculating. That's, that's comedy. I've never bought into that. Men can't wear a dress. Child, that's comedy. Shut up. What you choose to do to be funny is you. Um, but it's interesting that she feels like black men can be emasculated. And then along that line, black women are partly responsible and we should stop or we should aid in the ending of it. It's just weird. So anyway, I want to know your thoughts on this topic because it is a hot topic. It is still going on right now. Again, I today just happened to be the day I decided to record and that was the first thing that I came across. So please tell me what you think. Um, because I record on Anchor, you can always leave me messages about what you think. But also hit me up on Twitter at Sherry and Sade or feel free to follow me on Instagram at Sherry and Sade. And my YouTube channel at Sherry and Sade updates two to three times every week. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.